Now back to the happy hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez Clary on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Back here on the happy hour, 93.7, the ticket, the ticketfm.com. Good conversation in the first segment there. Husker football, a little bit of Husker basketball stuff as well. Um, but now it's time to make the transition to Husker Hoops Foley, 402-464-5685. We are joined on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline by Jacob Padilla of Hale Varsity, as we are every Tuesday. Jacob, hello. How's everything going? Hey, uh, it's going pretty well. Getting ready to uh, head up to Columbus uh, for the rest of the week. Yeah, I, I saw that. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. Okay, let's start with volleyball then, real you. quick. Yeah, Look let's at let's start at volleyball uh, because that might be a little bit of a happier topic. I mean, <laughs> how? I mean, just talk about that match against Texas on Saturday. Holy smokes! I mean, it was it was kind of the the story of Ali Batenhorst and and Lindsey Krause. Maddie Kubik didn't necessarily hit all that well in terms of percentage wise, but still played a big role. I know Lexi Rodriguez had twenty kills or twenty digs, excuse me, as well. <laughs> I mean, just talk about this this program define define odds. Yeah, and that's it, it really Nebraska was waiting for this kind of a match all season. They were waiting for those freshman pins to really click at mm-hmm. the same time. Yeah, and that that's been a big problem for Nebraska. Is, yeah, you, you've had maybe one hitter going, maybe one pin and one middle blocker going at the same time, but overall the team has not had a lot of great. In matches where they've had multiple players hitting at a high percentage. And for the first time, really, when they needed the most, uh, these freshmen that, that John Cook has been trusting all season long, they've gone through multiple benchings. He's kind of rotated players in and out, but he went back to Baton Horse and Krause to, to start the NCAA tournament. And they, I mean, they didn't necessarily blow anybody away in the, the first few matches, but when Nebraska needed them most, they stepped up with their best collective match of the entire season. And that's that, that's what you have to have happen to get to this point. You've got to have players step up and give you your their best on the biggest stage. And now we're seeing why those were the, uh, the two highest-rated outside hitters in, in the 2021 class. We're speaking to Jacob Padilla of Hill Varsity, as we do every Tuesday, previewing Husker volleyball and hoops now. Um, we get this question off the text line. Can you, by chance, preview what Pitt has before the Final Four begins? How do how does the the Huskers match up with the Panthers? Yeah, that's going to be a the fun match. So far, I've, fortunately, I haven't gotten to watch um, Pitt mm-hmm. at all this season. Obviously, they're the, the number three seed. Nebraska <laughs> Nebraska was the only team that that pulled off an upset mm-hmm. in the, the the regional finals. Uh, we got one three, four, and ten seeds um, st- still playing. So that that, was, that kind of points to the accomplishment that um, that Nebraska like put out there. But it's a very good team. They they, they uh, took care of business against Purdue, who had been playing at a high level. Obviously, um, beat Wisconsin twice. They've got they've got some really uh, talented hitters. You look at them. They've got three different players averaging over three kills a game. Um, and uh, both bo- the two hit uh, hitting over two eighty, 
now they're hitting 240. Uh, Lecater member member Mena is uh, their top outside hitter at 58, um, which is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- they're a pretty high powered uh, attack and um, hitting over 286 on the season, holding teams to 187. So it's going to be a tough match, but no matter who you're going to face in the final four, um, that that's um, that was always going to be the case. I was curious to get. I'm curious to get your thoughts because I was asked this question a couple of days ago, and now I'm I'm curious now because I've been thinking about it. Who is the most valuable player on the volleyball program? Not necessarily the best player, but who's the most value or valuable in terms of just finding success? <laughs> uh, well, that's that's a good question because yeah. they're. Uh, I mean, defensively, uh, Lexi Rodriguez was. Yeah. The, player of the year in the conference on that side of the ball as a true freshman. And uh, Nebraska had the best defense in, in the conference. But ultimately, um, it, it's going to be the setter. And it, it's not always on Nicklin Hames. And a lot of Nebraska's hitting issues this season, sometimes it was bad passing. Sometimes it was whether the, the pins just made bad choices with their swings or um, they, they just didn't really better the ball. Um, so it wasn't always on Nicklin not putting the ball where it needed to be, but it's the setter is always going to be the most important player on the court. And w- when she's in a rhythm, that allows uh, Nebraska t- to make use of all its various pins. And it does keep – when you're in, in system and the setter's playing well and she's getting the ball where she needs it, then she can keep the right side involved. That's where you can see a Lindsey Krause having a big match where – um, she got a good number of sets. You can see the, the middles getting involved because uh, uh, otherwise you're just kind of throwing the ball up to, to the left sides a lot of time, and that's where a lot of the sets go. So it's ultimately going to be uh, the setter, but the setter can't play her best unless kind of everything around her is stepping up as well. So it's it's a difficult question to answer, but, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Nicklin Haynes was the most outstanding player of Austin Regional for a reason. How important was it to the development of these freshmen that that uh, the two super seniors in 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 Lexi Sun and Lauren Stiverns came back for one more season? To I mean, Lexi hasn't played much this season. She played earlier, but she hasn't played uh, towards the middle and, and the end of the season. And Lauren was out towards the beginning as she was recovering from her back surgery. But how important to the development of these freshmen was it that those two super seniors came back and and aided in them getting this far? It, it was huge. I think you just uh, the players, the the younger players, have talked about kind of the influence that those two have had, and um, I, I think Lexi's reaction after just kind of see you could capture uh, the cameras captured kind of the celebration mm-hmm. for Nebraska. And you could see just kind of the 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 joy on her face, and just l- despite not playing in the NCAA tournament, Lexi was just kind of overcome with emotion um, for what what the team had accomplished. And that's the kind of upperclassman leadership that you need. That um, this the season hasn't gone anything like what uh, I'm sure Lexi expected or was hoping for when she decided to came back to decide to come back. But um, she was still kind of doing what she can in her role and buying into it and supporting her teammates. I, and then obviously uh, um, Lauren isn't even admitted like a few months after um, uh, back surgery. I don't, don't think anybody would be playing uh, at 100%. She she hasn't been the the same 
consistent force that she was last year. But she's had some really big stretches. She showed up big in some moments. And just, I think, having her on, on the court um, makes a big difference for this team. I, I forgot who it was, and somebody said she, she's the only one on this team that has won a, a championship. She's the only one that's been to this point and has gotten to that, that final match. Um, so th- this uh, just having her experience has been huge, I think, for uh, these younger players that are going through it for the first time. I think it speaks value as well to just kind of the people that they are in this team in, in general, knowing that they're okay embracing those kind of roles as well, especially Alexi Sun, a three-time All-American. Uh, let's let's go ahead and, and translo- transfer over to Husker Hoops. I mean, just kind of a general question, another disappointing loss last Saturday against Auburn. I mean, now they have a week off, a week that they desperately probably need to not only get healthy but try to find their shots and, and regroup. What's next for Husker Hoops? Where, where do they turn now? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, Fred Berg said uh, he was planning to, to make some changes this week to what they do to try to control things a little bit better, try to manufacture some more shots that hopefully they're going to be able to hit. Um, he was hoping to make some changes after the Michigan game, but then uh, too many players got sick to actually even fully practice, and they had the quick turnaround to head down to Atlanta. and that, that went poorly as well. And now, obviously, Wilhelm Breidenbach's going to be done uh, for an extended period of time. So that's another guy that had been playing a significant role that uh, won't be in the picture moving forward. So there's a lot of things that Hoiberg ha- has to consider and kind of work through this week. And ultimately, uh, I don't know that much will change unless they, they start shooting the ball at a better rate. I mean, I think the the... The single most telling stat about this team right now is just looking uh, on Synergy. They're catch and shoot. They are in the one percentile. They are shooting 23.9% on catch and shoot jumpers. And they are shooting 28.1% on unguarded catch and shoot jumpers. So that right there is pretty much sums it all up. They just, whether they get open shots or not, they can't make them. And this is a team built on putting shooters around your, your playmakers to try to create space and make life easier for them. But you look at it, Casey Tomonaga, 33.9%. C.J. Wiltshire and Kobe Webster, 33%. Lat Mayen, 23.5%. Wilhelm Breidenbach, 15%. Trevor Lakes in very small. He's only playing five games, but um, he, he hasn't. he's one of six. Uh, in those five games. Keon Edwards is 0 for 12, and he was another guy that uh, shooting was supposed to be a strength for him. So right now, and, and Bryce McGowan himself, his jump shot hasn't really translated to the college level yet. He's shooting 20.4%. So all the guys that you brought in to be shooters, none of them are, are shooting well at this point. And ultimately, you don't have a lot of plan Bs uh, or C or, or D right now uh, because of the way that the roster has been built. We're speaking to Jacob Padilla of Hale Varsity. And, and Jacob, you were just, I mean, you're touching on those numbers, and those are just amazingly bad numbers. Um, is there any any way that Fred Hoiberg not switches up his offense completely, but gets these guys, you know, driving to the rim? You've seen what Alonzo Verge can do when he gets to the rim. and He, he finishes at a high rate. Uh, uh, around the basket, and we've seen you know Derek Walker shooting eighty percent. Uh, friend, you know his only shots are from around the basket, and and you have an, an extremely athletic you know five star freshman in Bryce McGowan's who 
has shown the ability to finish really well there. Is there any way that these guys start driving more and and maybe that'll help them out uh, uh, around the arc? Well, I, I think there's a little bit of that in what Hoiberg was talking about, trying to find a way to control the offense a little bit more and switch some things up uh, to try to generate um, more offense. But ultimately, it's not as simple as making a decision to drive. Like, defenses are... Uh, loading up um, at this point. They're, they're making life tough on a guy like Bryce. They're, they're loading up against Verge, and that's where we see Verge kind of get in trouble where he gets a tunnel vision and he goes downhill and shoots a contested shot over the help defender or tries to throw a behind-the-back pass to Derek Walker where the help side drops down and mm-hmm. um, takes that away. So uh, ultimately, I, I think they're going to try to find ways, whether it's off-ball screens and cuts and the thing is, they're doing a lot of the little things well as a team. Like you look at um, kind of their, they're very, they're doing very well um, when guys cut. They're they're actually scoring well in isolation compared uh, to a lot a lot of teams. Um, they're good coming off screens. Um, the roll man has been very effective when they've been able to get him the ball. So um, they're doing they're small. Uh, uh, sample size again, but they're doing well in the post. So they are doing a lot of those other things very well. It's just the the shooting is uh, what they do most. They're bad in transition. They're bad in spot up. And the pick and roll ball handling offense has just been average at, at best. Um, so that's the kind of the main parts of their offense right now are not working. And so you can try to shift things around and focus more on some of that other stuff. But ultimately, you got to have guys that have those skill sets. And I don't know that simply trying, like saying, oh, hey, drive more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not that simple because of the way that teams are going to defend them based on the fact that they can't make shots at this point. So it's going to be a cat and mouse game all season for Hoiberg the rest of the way, trying to figure out ways to generate looks um, against what the defensive looks are, are going to be, um, but I, I think there do there does have to be some changes at least in the meantime until um, you can just, at, at hopefully start knocking down shots at a slightly better rate. Um, but you, you can't uh, just simply sitting back and hoping that something will happen isn't a viable strategy for sure. I want to ask you one more really quickly here. We're almost out of time. I want to ask you a little bit of a bigger picture question. I mean, the way that that Fred Hoiberg and his staff you know, build a team each year. And, and now you look ahead next year and you're probably losing Trey and Bryce. You're probably losing lap man. Um, you know, you have a couple other guys, you're going to have to rebuild it and replenish that, that stockpile a little bit more next year. I mean, does it feel like they're doing it? Uh, they're having a sustainable they They found a sustainable way to build their roster every year. Well, part of that was they actually did, uh, people talk about flipping the roster every year, but mm-hmm. they actually did have a core coming back this year. Yeah, the problem is Trey got hurt, and Latmayen has been a big disappointment. Exactly, um, and so that that's most of your core right there. I think Derek Walker's doing everything that you would have hoped for uh, and more, but um, outside of that, like two two of the other major parts of your core that were supposed to be that consistent um, kind, kind of foundation to build on and then you bring the new guys in around them um it it hasn't really worked out like you had hoped for so now it is just a a lot of pieces um trying to to figure things out at this level so 
um, they're bringing in, you look at next year's class, they've got a lot of, um, they, they don't have a Bryce McGowan in terms of a five-star five star top-end talent, but they're bringing in a recruiting class that's filled with a lot of multi-year guys, guys that are uh, that, that fit specific roles, um, that, that could be good supporting pieces. And that's kind of what um, they're missing this year, is guys just haven't really lived up to what they were brought here to do. Um, so I, I don't know if it's always going to be a thing year to year now. You're going to have to uh, find a way to, to replace pieces. Um, they they do need to find some way to get some consistency from year to year. Um, or we're going to continue to face some of these struggles. But it wasn't like they came into this year with an entirely new roster. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the, the core that they were hoping on um, it hasn't quite given them what they want, both um and part of that is because of the injury um but that's it, it's i don't know that there's uh they found a, a strategy obviously they haven't found a strategy that works just yet at, at nebraska but that's going to be something that is um, that you have to continue to, to figure out especially with kind of things shifting now with nil and the transfer portal and all that yeah, that's a really good point. Jacob Padilla of Hill Varsity. Jacob, appreciate the time as always. Um, enjoy the, the volleyball tournament in Columbus. Hopefully they come back with a championship. And uh, we'll talk to you after Huskers play Kansas State on Sunday. All right, sounds good. That is Jacob Padilla of Hill Varsity. Appreciate him as always. Let's take our final time out. We'll wrap up some final thoughts and get to a couple of your texts on the text line next on the Happy Hour. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of The Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.